2: What is going on everybody it is Tuesday October 13th would usually be the end of a week of football but we still have one game left to go tonight between the Buffalo Bills and Tennessee Titans with all kinds of updates coming out here in the past couple minutes about who is and who is not playing as well so it sounds like it's going to be a great game but Matt how you doing today?
1: Well, between vacation and the fact that, you know, we have a game tonight and I woke up this morning and tried to run, uh, tried to put in waiver claims and realized uh, waivers aren't today (laughs) or make requesting waivers aren't today. I had to put the day in the corner so I could remember what day it was.
2: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be weird, at least for the next two days. I hope this doesn't happen, obviously, throughout the rest of the season. It's it's getting Getting interesting. Florida just had a huge uh, outbreak of COVID. The college team, the Florida Gators, I just saw that popped up as well. So,
1: Chiefs got another one today, Anthony Sherman. Did they?
2: I did not see that. Oh, the fullback, right? Yeah. Man. Things yeah. are getting interesting. We'll obviously get to the game here in a couple minutes, but there was a game last night, a very good game last night. I thought, um, you know. Chargers need a new kicker, in my opinion, because they should have won that game. Uh, I like how
1: they call them money, you know, money badger, and then he missed. Yeah, Yeah. money badger, and then of course he shanked it. And you and I had very opposite uh, reactions to that outcome because I, being a Broncos fan, do not care for the Chargers. Yeah, well, you. You, being a fan of not getting a dolphin tattoo, very much care about Justin Well, Herbert's it's not even success. that. I,
2: I'm a I'm a big fan of Herbert, but I also picked uh, the Chargers to win that game in our pick em. So that would have given me a nice uh, little edge as well because I don't think anybody else went Chargers. And I think, even with that, I think I only missed three on the week. I was looking at the picks. It was yeah. the, Bra- the Buccaneers losing, the Chiefs losing, and then I picked that one as well. So, I mean, it wasn't uh, a, a bad week,
1: but... You and Dennis are right up there at the top. Last I looked, so <laughs> yeah, would you. I'm just I'm just grateful to be tied with my wife. Um, there you, you go. Know, hey. I thought if I can survive an odd number week and stay in contention, not get lamb based. I seem to do better in the even weeks. So week gotcha. six here I come.
2: Yeah, that was really the only reason I got so upset because, like, man, I know nobody else went to Chargers in our pick and if That that would just give me a nice little at least one-game edge over everybody because uh, I know I jumped up there last week. We'll obviously talk about that. I'll bring it up Thursday. You, you'll be here Thursday, right? It's Friday. Yep. You won't be here? Okay, so we'll, we'll yeah. talk about it Thursday.
1: Thursday, uh, I'll try to see if I can get uh, – we'll have to see what our view is of, but we'll be coming to you live from a deluxe resort in Denver. Like
2: he's so excited he got you. Yep. Yeah, I am. You have no idea. I need, I need a deluxe resort in my life right now. All right, so the Saints did win that game last night, 32-27. Justin Herbert continues to ball out, 27 points. Justin Jackson, 14. Keenan Allen, 10. Mike Williams, 27, and Hunter Henry, 12. Herbert is just continuing to look better and better, and so is this passing game. You know, Who knows how much better they would have looked had Keenan Allen got knocked out. It was early second quarter. I think he got pulled out of the game, and then they announced it third quarter he wasn't coming back. Uh, But the big thing, obviously, going into this game was everybody's thoughts on what was going to happen between Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson. What were your
1: thoughts on the splits last night? Yeah, I mean, I think they started out trying to – to go with Kelly because he seemed like he had kind of vaulted Jackson, but Jackson was a lot better and more productive and looked like he fit in the offense a lot better. And, you know, we see that a lot with young, you know, rookie running backs sometimes. Being able to pick things up in the passing game and being able to pick up quick offense uh, is not their strongest suit. And especially when you also have a rookie quarterback back there, you want to give them as much experience as possible. And unfortunately, the Chargers don't really have that Mm -hmm. in the receiving core. Mike Williams, I thought, looked incredible for a guy who was iffy about whether he was going to play. He had a really incredible night. Uh, Henry was there, but, you know, when they lost Keenan Allen, you're getting a lot of Jalen Guyton, who doesn't have a ton of experience, KJ Hill, who's also a rookie. They're a a pretty young team. They don't even have a ton of veterans that have been with the team on the line. You know, they lost their veteran longtime center. So I think Justin Jackson actually is a little more helpful and a little more steadying of a presence in that sense too. But he also, to me, just looked like he was more productive with the touches he was getting
2: yeah he definitely looked more productive i'll be interested to see you know it's one of those things where we talked about with kelly being there he seemed to be more of like that that short yardage grinder kind of goal line back where justin jackson can do a little bit of everything and maybe that's maybe we overestimated that they're so used to having a guy like eckler out there who can catch the ball run as well and justin jackson looked good running the ball last night he's a better receiver than joshua kelly so maybe Justin Jackson is the guy. Um, you know, obviously, I, I'm with you. Mike Williams looked really good. Oh, you muted yourself right there. The last I was minute. a
1: year too early.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You did have Justin Jackson as your uh, fantasy MVP last year, not knowing about uh, um, uh, what we none of us thought Eckler was going to do what he did last year, especially with well, also Gordon, Gordon
1: came back. I yeah. thought he was going to sit out the more longer. So. But uh, Mike
2: Williams, I mean, if Keenan Allen is out for a couple weeks, is he a guy that you feel safe firing up? I mean, he did look amazing last night. He helped lead me to another win in the Scott Fish Bowl. So I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah. And they looked like they had some good uh, chemistry. He found him on a nice deep ball. um, And he found him on some nice possession balls, you know, that he went up. He's a huge target. You know, I don't think it's. Williams' ability or talent that's been in question. He's had trouble kind of staying on the field. He was yeah. hampered with an injury before the season even started. Um, you know, the Chargers. We've commented a number of times, and I even did one of my Dynasty nerd articles about behind those two, Allen and Williams, they don't really have a lot. Guyton has looked interesting at times. We've seen our our old XFL friend Donald Parham. You know, getting some run in there. I think he's a decent goal line threat as, as a second tight end. KJ Hill. It's been interesting to see him get get out there a little bit. They have Joe Reed, another rookie on the uh, on there, but they don't have a lot of experience and a lot of dependable targets. So if Keenan Allen has gone, that I think that even more so. You saw Allen and Henry were the the first two that Herbert seemed to really gravitate toward, and Eckler. So you're already down Eckler, who's kind of a veteran presence back there. You lose Keenan Allen. You know, I think that he's going to need Mike Williams. But also, what is that going to do to defenses going forward? You know, the the Saints were obviously playing based around making sure they were on Keenan Allen. And I, in game, when you have those kind of changes, you can often see the guy thrive. In future weeks, if he's kind of their only big wide receiver threat, it's really going to be a matter of can Guyton or Hill or somebody else step up and do enough to keep them from double and tripling Mike Williams. That's something I think you'll have to watch that you won't really get an answer to until their following game.
2: Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say, even if he ends up getting coverage shifted to him, I mean, he he had did have Marcus Lattimore on him for that big catch that should have set them up for the game-winning field goal. That being said, Lattimore has not necessarily played that good this year. I don't think that defense at all has played that good this year for well, the Saints.
1: But he stopped Mike Williams on that big fourth down too.
2: That was that an overtime. I didn't watch overtime. Yeah, I was I it, turned it off at uh, that it point. It was, I was like, Fuck such this. an
1: incredible play. Uh, Williams caught it on a slant. Looked like he was going to make it, and Lattimore just ripped him back. Interesting. All right.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, they did have a nice little connection. Williams did also have the, the long touchdown down the, down the sideline as well. Again, we don't know how much of that was because Allen was out, uh, but Mike Williams is still a really big target. We saw last night with that catch that he can go up and get the ball. Herbert's one of those guys who's not afraid to take risky throws like that. So he may throw a couple balls up to Mike Williams. Even when Allen comes back, he could come down with some touchdowns. He, he's an interesting prospect. Like you said, He's he's got all the talent in the world. It's just him staying on the field. That's kind of the, the big thing for him. Uh, for the Saints here, Breeze, 21 points. Kamara, 19. Latavius Murray, 7. Emmanuel Sanders, 24. And Jared Cook, 13. Uh, Breeze seems to be developing that connection now with Sanders. With Michael Thomas being out for as long as he has, it was a rough start for this offense. Though, does this team need Michael Thomas?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they do. Our, our friend Dennis posted the. Snap or should we call cow. him hashtag Slant Boy? Is that right? Is that, that know what his
2: nick, <laughs> nick, new nickname S- is?
1: Slant Boy, gosh. Um, you know, our friend Dennis posted the snap. Percentages and Emmanuel Sanders, obviously 59%. (laughs) Traquan Smith was out there the most at 78%, but you just, he wasn't super effective. He wasn't getting a lot done. So you kind of got to expect that, you know, Michael Thomas with Sanders maybe being able to stretch the field too uh, gives them a better offense. Uh, They were able to take shots to Jared Cook, which I thought helped a a little bit. But, um, you know, I had thought prior to last night that, you know, he was developing something with Smith, but it just didn't look like uh, he was able to get it going. And I think this offense, you know, it's more dynamic with Michael Thomas. He pulls coverages away. He pulls people away from the line, gives the running backs a little bit more space because you can't put eight or nine in the box to stop Kamara. If you have Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, on the outside and he and breeze just seem to have a better connection. I, you know, he's the number one receiver and got a huge contract last year for a reason. I think they're definitely missing him.
2: Yeah. And I mean, Kamara really didn't do much in the run game last night either. He did most of his work in the receiving game. I mean, he gets you that 19 points, but I I would, I haven't gone in and looked exactly at it, but I'm almost positive more than half of that came in the receiving game. He, He was pretty shut down by that Chargers defense, Uh, It was, again, an all-in-all good game, though. Do you think Breeze is showing signs of falling off? I mean, I will say the touchdown he threw to Cook was not overly impressive in my eyes. Like, the way he stepped up, and he almost looked like he shotgunned through that with as much strength as he possibly could, and it was like a he in my opinion. And, I mean, it got to him because he was so wide open, but... All in all, I, there was like one throw he made last night that was really impressive. Outside of that, I thought it was a very worrisome game from Breeze. So,
1: yeah, I mean, he's looked like he's been struggling a little bit the past couple of games. He just doesn't look quite himself, so, um, you know... He, hopefully, getting Thomas back will help a little bit. They definitely got off to a slow start. You're right about Kamara. I think he had eight for 74 in the passing game, which would be kind of 15 of those points, only 45 yards rushing. And he got a lot of that on one really incredible deep throw. Um, it feels like it's taking Breeze a while to get in rhythm. You know, is it because they're missing pieces? Is it because something is off? I don't know. That's why. I, it's, it's a little worrisome. We've, we've thought about, you know, 41-year-old 40, quarterback. There was going to come a time where he wasn't going to be incredible forever. We saw some signs maybe toward the end of last year and in the playoffs that looked like they were struggling at times. But I still want to see him have a game with all of his weapons.
2: Yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting to see because he does obviously get a lot of of that with Michael Thomas. I mean, Michael Thomas makes so much happen after the catch as well. I mean, he's not, it's not anybody who's going to, you know, beat you down the field with speed, but he's still a, a fast enough wide receiver makes a lot of yak yards. Again, we joke calling him hashtag slant boy, but he does a lot when he gets those slants from breeze. I'll be interested to see if he looks any better. I would assume Michael Thomas will be back next week. We'll see. I mean,
1: there are well, reports now like that, from health standpoint, he would have played this week. Yes. It was cold cocking a dude. That, yes. Uh,
2: well, apparently he also got into it with Sean Payton is the new report that came out today. So that's another reason why. So we'll see what happens. I, I mean, um, I don't know. I find that all very interesting. I mean, the dude was like.
1: Did you read some of the there were some interesting tweets that that was a lot of what he was like at Ohio State, too, that he used to. Taunt and Eli that. Apple.
2: So here's the thing. Well, Eli Apple sucks. So but here's the thing. I mean, he still sucks. You know, you say that, right, about him being there at Ohio State. He was almost a forgotten man at Ohio State, though. Like, I remember when he came out, he was considered the not good Michael Thomas. The good Michael Thomas was the one who got drafted by the Rams who's playing on Cincinnati now. Like, Michael Thomas at Ohio State was not considered what he became, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the first couple years of his career, I don't ever remember him talking or acting like he has the past two years. It seems like ever since he's kind of, I guess been considered one of the best in the game, all of a sudden like the divas come out of him. Like he hasn't been that guy. And so I've just, I find it curious, maybe I'm wrong. I try not to let my Buckeye Buckeye Homerism come out, but I I really feel like he he was not the guy that it seems like he is
1: now. Well, when you spend your off seasons with, Michael Irvin and a pile of co- cocaine. Oh wait, oh, I'm just kidding. Hey, you know what, well, hey, whatever did you done that, for you, man. Somebody though on Twitter did say he's the new Michael Irvin. I guess we'll have to see. I haven't This is kind of the first time I remember hearing anything about like discipline issues.
2: Yeah. Well, see, he's had the it's not discipline issues, but Last year, when he was getting closer and closer to setting the record, he started getting a little bit more like on Twitter saying all that stuff. Then we saw him have the whole thing with Devontae Parker earlier this offseason. But that's what I'm saying, like leading up until this year, or even late last year, I don't ever remember him like being that big a presence on social media and posting anything controversial.
1: All I know is I need him back. I I drafted him on so many teams. Michael Thomas, I need you. And Chris Godwin. I mean, it's been, uh, you know, it's been tough, and I just hope he can come back and get going. Um, you know, the Saints, for as much as they've had occasional struggles this season, are back in first place in their division because they have the tiebreak over Tampa Bay. Now, with Carolina looking stronger, it's kind of a three-way battle there, but. You know, if you were to say, hey, they got off to kind of a rough start, they haven't looked like themselves, they haven't looked good at times, they lost a couple of games still in first place. Now you start getting people back, yeah. you start getting into a groove. And, you know, they talked about earlier in the season for the Saints finishing 13-3, and three, like three or four consecutive seasons, they haven't had the greatest starts. You know, a couple of years yeah. ago they lost at home on opening day to James Winston and the Buccaneers was kind of a stunner. I mean, they've had some of those early – season struggles at times and they seem to find that groove in the middle and just start slowly putting everything together and putting everyone away i think they still have a very winnable division they still have a lot of talent if they can start getting some of those defenders healthy start getting michael thomas back they're still you know for an offense that we we thought didn't look very good last night they still put up 30 points so
2: yeah yeah i mean they're I don't know. I hope he comes back, too. Obviously, I just made a trade for him last night, so I, I kind of need him. You know, I gave up DJ Chark in a first-round pick for Michael Thomas, so I'm hoping he comes back with a vengeance. I, I need him to help propel me to a championship in a 16-team a league. We do have a game tonight. Uh, some of the major titans out. I was trying to find it here. My phone has kind of been blowing up with all this stuff. So J- yep. Tredavious White and Z- Zach Moss and John Brown are all out tonight. Oh crap! For John the Brown. Bills, yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I saw. I'm just glad it's not Cole <sighs> Beasley because I need Cole Beasley to come. You got John Brown in a couple places. I take
1: it at least one. Well, hey, Khalif yep. Raymond's probably available. I think it's one where we run daily fab waivers, which wow. I like that in theory. But when you have a season like this, it's been murderous. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He, he just got uh, announced out about 20 minutes ago. So- yeah.
1: They're doing because I think the game actually starts uh, at in about years. an hour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it starts in an hour. Yeah.
2: Which I'm excited about, because I need Josh Allen and Jonu Smith to have a big game for me so I can move to first place in my home dynasty league, because that's important to me right now. One of the few leagues I'm doing good in. Dennis did send us some a couple of Thrive bets for us in this game. We did preview this on Friday's episode, so I'm not really going to dive too much into it. But for the Thrive bets, Josh Allen, 292.5 passing yards. You taking the over or the under?
1: i'm gonna take the over tennessee's past defense has not been very impressive
2: yeah their corners are horrible so yes i'm with you i'm taking the over as well devin singletary 66.5 rush yards i think with zach moss being out i'm going over i think if he'd have been in i probably would have gone under but i i think singletary will get i mean 66 still kind of feels like a lot but i'm still gonna go over
1: yeah, he's been doing the mix of kind of rush and pass, but I'll, I'll take the over, two. I feel like 70 yards isn't that hard, tough enough to crack.
2: Stephon Diggs, 77.5 receiving yards. Way over. I agree. And Cole Beasley, 49.5 receiving yards.
1: I'll take the slight over. I'm going to take the yeah. way under for Browns forty-seven point five. Yeah, I'm
2: going to. I'm with you on that as well. Yeah, I wasn't even going to bring that one up since he uh, got ruled out. But yeah, with with him out, I'm going to take yeah. the over on Beasley. If that was Gabe Davis, I, was, I was about Gabe. to bring him up. What are your thoughts? So, I, so I, Gabe Davis,
1: he looks pretty good. Um, and with John Brown out playing that playing that role, I could see 60, 70 yards.
2: On the Titans side here, Tannehill, two hundred and forty one point five
1: passing yards. Over under. I'm gonna go under. Wait, Travis White's out. Yes, I white's even out. Know he was hurt. Yeah, I
2: think he, I don't think it's COVID. I don't know. He just got announced out. Uh he was the one that I noticed first, and then I saw Zach Moss and uh John Brown. So I kind of am gonna go because I haven't seen if AJ Brown is for sure playing or not. Have they ruled him out yet? Because I haven't seen them rule uh, him out. I, I kind of
1: inactive like. should be up. Let's see if we can find him.
2: I'm uh, gonna go over with with White being out. So, AJ Brown is active. He returns for the first time. Soda. Oh, Cor- no, Corey Davis or Adam Humphreys.
1: No, they're on COVID IR. That's yes. why. That's why it's it's still tough because. AJ Brown's tough because we have literally no practice. He's had that knee issue. They have no receivers, but I'm still, I'm going to stick with under, I think.
2: John Smith game, baby. Both the, both the bills linebackers are hurting. Matt Milano and Kimmer, who the other guys, they're both out. I mean, John is out. Uh yeah, I think it may be Edmonds. There's two of their good line. I know Milano's one of them. I can't we remember can't who the these, other is.
1: We can't have these two. I'll have to look. Before. Let's let's look. I don't. I, wanna I want to say for
2: sure. Is it Edmonds? I can't remember. I know. I know for sure. Milano is Tremaine Edmonds. No, it looks like he's playing. I don't see an out next to his name, so he should be in. But Matt Milano for sure, I know is out.
1: Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, i'm still gonna go under because i think he could end up with two hundred and forty five two hundred and thirty yards and still be a a good game i brown scares me we talked about it on friday i don't even him being active and even with them having no receivers i'm not sure how good i would feel about playing him you know how good is his knee i also have questions about how good is this offense going to be they literally have practiced i think they said one day in the last 14. That's that's a yep. lot of rust Two days ago. to be shaken off. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, that that's the official practices they have. We don't know about how many uh, you know, secret practices they've had. One, so. Adam Humphries went to a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um Derek Henry, hundred and eleven point five total yards tonight. I will take the over.
1: Buffalo doesn't have too bad of a defense. I'm going to take the under because if they bottle up the running game, I just don't feel like Derrick Henry is a big.
0: No, I mean, I you have
1: to break yeah. one to really have 50 plus passing yards. Yeah. He's oh, not no, terrible I don't think you're going to get 50 right. passing yards.
2: I think it's going to be 110 rushing yards and one passing yard. That's my guess. But and I, I guess I 75 or
1: 80 rushing yards and like 10 passing yards kind of keeps you under. I'm going to say under. I I think Tennessee's going to look a little rusty. Buffalo's been kind of going in there in a groove. Yeah.
2: Uh, AJ Brown, I assume we're both taking the under on 55.5. I am.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the under, but I'm going to take the over on the next one.
2: As am I. Johnu Smith, 51.5 receiving yards. I think Johnu's in for
1: another huge game tonight. Although Buffalo doesn't have bad safeties. They may scheme to try to take him out of the pass game well he's gonna have Tannehill's
2: gonna have to force it to somebody I don't think it's gonna be Khalif Raymond as much as I love the kid so and I really don't love the kid I'm just kidding so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be I guess an interesting game overall especially as I do agree with you I think with as hot as Buffalo has been and probably how in a way cold Tennessee is coming into this game it could be one of those games where they put it away early and it's not even a contest which I'm fine with as long as Josh Allen gives me like 25 to 30 points. Then I just yeah. need eight points out of the Tennessee defense and John U. Smith. And I'm good to go. I'm good to go, baby. So I'm looking forward to, so I'm glad the game starts in an hour so I can actually watch the whole thing. Yeah. All right. Waiver time. Nice short episode for you guys today. So the top QBs I've got here listed on the waiver wire, We'll go in order of rostered percentage here. Lowest to highest Dalton at 3%. Derek Carr at 21. Kirk Cousins at 32. Gardner Minshew at 51. And of course the future NFL rookie of the year, Justin Herbert at 52, which actually seems very realistic now with as bad as Burroughs looked the past couple weeks, but go ahead. What are you, what are you, uh, what are you looking at? uh, QB wise, who are you looking to add here off this list?
1: Well, my guess would be, if you're in a dynasty league, the only one that's potentially available is Dalton. And I have to be honest, in several leagues where I have Dak in dynasty, I also took Andy Dalton, and he was next. been on my. And it's early enough in the season that you haven't had to make that Sophie's choice of dumping your handcuff quarterback yeah. handcuff. So uh, that actually worked out uh, decently well for me. I I actually this is a pretty good group. I'm gonna say. Cousins would be my last choice. Um, okay. and you know, he's he's played pretty decent, but I liked what we saw from Derek Carr on Sunday. It looks like when they have their receivers together that you know Russ isn't the only one that they're letting cook a little bit this year. And obviously okay. Herbert's Herbert's been great. I'm surprised if he's not owned even in your redraft leagues. But a lot of those redraft teams like to carry a backup quarterback, especially in the time of COVID he should be to me. He and Minshew probably should be owned in, or should be well, so, rostered yeah. in all leagues.
2: That's what I agree with you on that. Like I, I'm approaching this more as a, a redraft thing in dynasty. Most yeah. of these, guys, especially in the leagues that we play in, they're so deep. Most like I'm the same thing. And a lot of my super flex leagues, I actually took Dalton, just mm-hmm. on the outside chance that maybe Dak got traded or something. So I, there's yeah. a couple leagues that I reached out to the Dak owner yesterday. Was like, Hey, you want Dalton? I'll give them to you for something decent. Cause I've already got two yeah. quarterbacks. I'm looking for a first round pick right thing but, uh, well, yeah. So-, from a redraft, so redraft perspective though, both. So they're only owned in 51 and 52%, which I think is ridiculous. Like I've had Herbert since he was a starter. Now, granted, yeah. I've obviously been someone who's been much in more in on him than other people. But even after week one or the second week performance, well, I don't understand why more people weren't picking him up.
1: So traditionally in re- redraft, I know a lot of people only like to carry one quarterback, one tight end, yeah. and, and you know you play waivers when you need to. Given what we've seen the last two weeks and the fact that we're coming into the heart of bye season and there's been so many freakish injuries, I honestly, even in all my redraft leagues, I have two or three spares. Yep. Because you just don't, know what's going on week to week when you know last week i have tons of bronco shares and quite a few patriots running back shares actually and all of a sudden on sunday morning they just come unavailable to you we didn't even yeah. know till this morning that we were going to get buffalo and tennessee guys being able to go last week tennessee and pittsburgh fantasy rich teams you already have green bay and detroit we're on to buy this week i think you got to carry a couple so in my opinion uh, with now Herbert, for sure. I can understand there was probably some lag because you weren't sure, was Anthony Lynn actually going to go back to Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. I was holding on to Tyrod in a few leagues because I wasn't sure. Now I've I've set him adrift. But yeah. Minshew, to me, Minshew and Herbert should be rostered everywhere because of the consistent performances they're putting up and they, they're clearly the guys. I think Carr is another one I, I would be rostering. Cousins to me is more hit or miss because they like to, to run the ball. Um, but Dalton, we talked about, I especially those people that had Dak or, um, you know, if you've just been hurting at quarterback, it's hard to imagine he's not going to be somewhere in the top 15 in quarterbacks every week with that offense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I think it's easily Herbert and Minshew at the top there for me too. I actually I mean, I might take Carr over Dalton. I mean, he's sitting his QB8 on the season right now. He's had a very, like, a sneakily good season. Not a lot of people talking about it, and I agree. I think it's a lot of Gruden has finally gotten the weapons that he kind of wants there now in in Las Vegas, and they're letting him do his thing. So, obviously, if you own Dak, I wouldn't, you know, if you want to go get Dalton, that still makes sense to me as well because I agree with you. He's going to be top... 15, I think, at worst with all those weapons. Again, we talked about it yesterday. He was coming in roughly anywhere from 10 to 15 every single week with Cincinnati and never had the weapons around him he has now. So I'm with you. Cousins is the last for me at quarterback. Running backs, there is not a lot available. And I will say, I forgot. um, I agree with you on the rostering multiple people. That's actually what I went into this season in my redraft leagues doing was in the draft I wanted to come away Usually, I'd go one QB and one tight end in my redraft leagues. I'm like, I'll I'll play the waiver wire when I need to. I'm not worried about it. This year, knowing what COVID was likely going to be like and everything, I did not expect it to get like this, but I thought maybe players would miss a week because they got a positive test or something like that. I made sure to draft two quarterbacks and two tight ends while I was drafting because I wanted to make sure I had some backups. For running backs, we've got... Keyshawn Vaughn at 8%, I'm sorry, Lamichael P. Ryan at 2%, Keyshawn Vaughn at 8%, Alexander Madison at 41 and Justin Jackson, 42 If you guys have been listening in the past couple of weeks, you know I've been talking about P. Ryan saying you need to grab him. Story came out today that the New York Jets are doing everything they can to trade Le'Veon Bell. I think if they do trade Bell, it's going, Frank Gore will probably be the first one to get starts, but I think that means P. Ryan is going to get the ball sooner rather than later. For me, if I had to pick one of these guys, I think it's probably Jackson because everything we're getting out of Minnesota is that this is not a serious injury with Cook. I think he's probably going to miss this week because they have a bye next week. So it gives him two weeks to heal. So you're only getting one week out of Madison where Justin Jackson, Eckler is probably going to be out four to six weeks. We haven't heard an exact number yet, um, but I know he was on the you're, – you're, you're muted – you know, yeah, I know they said uh, four to six weeks. They said four to six weeks. But I don't weeks. know if he'll stay out longer, if he'll come back beforehand. So you're you're still looking at getting a decent amount of production out of Jackson right now. So for me it would be Jackson, Madison, P Ryan, Vaughn.
1: Yeah, uh to me it'd probably be Jackson. I mean, if you're if you're desperate just to patch one week over, then you can go all in on Madison, but I, I'm the same with you. He's got low end flex appeal uh, in deep leagues when cook is there and likely he's, he's getting a lion's share. You already missed probably what was going to be the two great weeks for him this season. You missed one because it was last week because he came in for injury. He'll probably get one raise the lion's share here and then they'll be on bye, and they're talking about that, then being able to bring cook back. Um, if you, If you're rostering cook, you should go, you should have Madison. Yeah. Um, Then he would be my number one target. But if you're just looking for running backs, I think Jackson, Jackson maybe potentially has put himself back into position to be the one that shares when Eckler comes back and they fade uh, Kelly down because he hasn't looked good the past couple of weeks since had turnovers. Then P Ryan, I'm actually in redraft. I'm not going for Vaughn. Um, Fournette's going to come back. They still are using McCoy. And honestly, I was excited the first week Vaughn came in. Yeah. That maybe he was going to, but he did not look good on Thursday night. And I think that's, there's probably, he probably didn't do anything to distinguish himself, to move himself out of being fourth in the rushing pecking order. And it's not an incredibly high volume rushing team.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Vaughn would be the last one on the list for me as well. Wide receivers is actually a decent little group here. I'm, I'm interested to see where you go. You got Darnell Mooney at 1%, Nelson Aguilar at 2%, Travis Fulgham at 3%, Chase Claypool at 17%, Preston Williams at 22%, and Laviska Chenault at 34%. I'm
1: probably taking Claypool first. Um, see, I'd take yeah, Chenault that, first. That big playability, uh, and then chanel not as not as high of volume passing offense in, yeah. in jacksonville and also when shark is in there it's going to be different i know chanel's getting touches Rushes. to me that yeah to me his ceiling not quite as high as claypool i mean we just saw what in that offense You're not going to get three touchdowns every week, but you could get three touchdowns. I think that's a much tougher sell if you're telling me that's Jacksonville this year. Um, No, I agree with you on that. Then Preston Williams, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, Then Aguilar for me, then Mooney. I am not making a move to get Fulgham uh, until we've seen a few weeks because, like we talked about yesterday, the Eagles seem to have that replacement receiver du jour the last few weeks. Yeah. Maybe those guys never come back for them. But, I mean, Jeffrey and Jackson have practiced every week. Eventually, Rager is going to come off of IR. That wasn't supposed to be a season-ending kind of thing. And their offense just doesn't look great to me.
2: Yeah, so I have Chenault 1. They are manufacturing touches for him. Even with Chark there, he was getting work. My my biggest fear with Claypool is we – We saw him get, I think he got two touchdowns earlier in the year outside of the three he got last week. I just think if Deontay Johnson comes back and Juju being there, he's got four on the year, or he got got four four, last four last week. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, four on Sunday. It's just with Deontay Johnson and Juju there, like, yeah, it's going to be a high-passing offense, but Big Ben doesn't look great either. Like, he has not looked great. I know someone posted a stat, and I want to say it was Serena from ESPN, about he's actually one of the worst deep ball throwers this year based on stats. Give me Chenault. He's getting the rushing work. He's got Gardner Minter throwing him the ball. We know Chark has got the injury history. I I think I'd rather go with the chenault has been playable the past three weeks he hasn't been great but he's been playable where claypool's had the one big week and then kind of been hit and miss so it's Chennault for me one then claypool no I, yeah i'll go claypool over williams it's hard to, and that's close for me there too but
1: well if if we if we knew preston was going to be involved the way that he was this last week which is yeah. the way we thought he was going to be part of the offense then i would feel different but it's been five games yeah. The only thing that I felt confident about seeing Miami on Sunday is we may actually see a red shirt year for two because Tua, yeah. uh Fitz magic has been pretty stout and they've, yeah, he's been, he's been good. good.
2: That's, a, that's what I said. He, he bought himself another two weeks. It's just, when is that five interception, like 50 yard game coming? And then what is that going to do? Because here's my next question. I'll, I'll pull it up really quick. Cause so I didn't know I, I had it up earlier and, I have forgotten. I'm almost positive. They have very winnable games in the next couple of games. So what happens if in a very weird year right now, which it is a very good AFC division or conference, but what happens if they're competing for that wild card? And then Ryan Mm -hmm. Fitzpatrick starts to turn into Ryan Fitz tragic as they call him. Yeah. Do they go to Tua? Do they just kind of keep it going? Like I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. The dolphins are a very intriguing team to me.
1: I think it, what you said is right, where they are at in the in terms of being in the hunt in November is gonna yeah. gonna speak a lot because they were pretty clear at the beginning of the season. They didn't have a problem redshirting yeah. to making sure he understood how things were gonna work, making sure he's fully healthy. I mean, we are not even a year removed from the dude fracturing and dislocating his hip. I don't know about you, but I'd probably still be in my bed. Crying if I had I died. I'd have just given up. My, like, yeah, I'd have given up. I mean, that was one of the worst injuries we ever saw. It's not unreasonable yeah. to think it takes you at least a year to, to be back to full strength. And for him, that wouldn't be until December.
2: So I've got their schedule up here, and literally outside of the actually, no, they were in every single game so far
1: this year. Their yeah. worst
2: loss came for the Patriots ten points in week one.
1: Yeah. So, so and that Coming was up, the Magic's worst game, arguably. Yeah.
2: Jets, Rams, Cardinals, Chargers, Broncos, Jets. Those are all very winnable games. Like, nobody in there stands out. The Rams probably have been the best team so far. Mm-hmm. We've seen we've, weakness.
1: Yeah, weakness we saw that the Cardinals. hard played against the Giants. Yeah, the that, so
2: that's what I'm saying. Like, we've seen weaknesses in all those teams. And then, Bengals. Like, that's who they get right out of the... Uh, was that their bye week? Yeah, no, no, no. So they get to the Bengals as well. Like,
1: They've got yeah, a thereby week got uh, messed up.
2: Yeah, I forgot
1: about in that. The yeah. whole uh, Patriots thing too. The Dolphins really took it uh a little bit too in terms of by dude, we can schedule shuffling. There is there's a
2: realistic shot we can see the dolphins in the playoffs with Ryan Fitzmagic. Like that Fitz, is uh, a
1: was it Dennis that had them higher? I thought one of the three of us I had him. I, I had them him doing. higher than the I okay. had him higher
2: than the Patriots. I had the Bills winning it. I didn't have the Patriots make it. Remember, Dennis had the Patriots winning the division. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah,
2: I don't think Which, he had well, I think he may have been high on the Dolphins too, because I don't think I think he had the Bills taking a step back. I had yeah. the Bills winning the division and then the Dolphins and Patriots, I had tied at eight and eight, but I didn't have them making the playoffs. It was Raiders that made it in for me in yeah. the playoffs.
1: Which but, you know, the Raiders look pretty good too. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it looks like my predictions so far are going very good outside of unfortunately the Broncos. That that's the one team that I, I yeah. had
1: At least you didn't pick Matt Patricia's coach of the year, right?
2: That is true. I was not in on the Lions like you two were, so that, that's a good thing. I had so far my my predictions are looking good with how good I had the NFC West looking outside so of long I guess, the 49ers. That, so that is true. Season. We still have a lot of time. Um, but then, yeah, um, for me, I would actually go Mooney over Aguilar. I think Mooney's looked good the past couple weeks. He, you know, he. Uh, why did I want to call him Ryan Fitzmagic? I'm thinking here's of Fitzmagic the, here's now. The thing, Nick though. Foles missed him on a wide open touchdown on Thursday.
1: I, that's the thing. Derek Carr might be a substantially better quarterback than Nick Foles. That is
2: true, but I do think if Edwards comes back, maybe we see Aguilar push back a little bit. I don't know. For either one of those, I'm, I'm going to be honest, if you're having to start one of those two, you're you you're kind of, you know, <sighs> down hoping there anyway. For the best. Yeah, you're hoping but for the, the best one
1: anyway. The other thing for me with Mooney is it's not a super high-volume pass offense. Robinson seems to be one. Jimmy Graham actually seems to be two. Yeah. Anthony Miller. So is Mooney... He's Mooney and Miller have more kind targets, of right there. Yeah, you know, I has, think he'd have to actually distinguish himself.
2: I think he has, though. I mean, I've never been a Miller guy, but Mooney's already—he's got more fantasy points than him this year. He's already looked better.
1: Like I I I think our friend Nick Whalen likes Mooney. He posts, I I take it. That's why he's a big bears fan. I take it. He he posts the targets and receptions for Mooney and Miller every week. And I knew it wasn't uh, to champion Anthony Miller. (laughs) No, yes, it was not. (laughs) He always puts in in brackets, drops passes. Yeah. Uh,
2: for tight ends, there's really only one that stood out to me. I mean, Jimmy Graham was on there, but he's like 60% rostered. So chances, I mean, if he's available, grab him. Uh, but Irv Smith, 6%, had a good game uh, their Sunday night. I I mean, I know it's hard to believe in him because we've seen those games like last year, even when he comes on, has a good game, and then they go right back to Rudolph.
1: Well, I mean, we're only one game removed from Rudolph making that amazing touchdown yeah. catch in the back of the end zone. I, I mean, we're probably going to get to a point where there's going to be some desperation. And you're gonna have to Yeah, I'm at it right sense.
2: now. I have Hayden Hurst as my tight end. I'm I'm seriously picking up Herb Smith and starting I, him and I, hoping for the best.
1: I you know, I'm still not sure that I would. Yeah, I can't trust Hayden Hurst anymore.
2: Two points, two points, ten points, one point, three points. At least I know with Irv Smith, if he doesn't get me anything, I'm not going to be disappointed. You know, if he gets me one point, it's a great week for me with Irv Smith. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. With Hayden Hurst, I'm expecting him to do something, and he just fails me every single week.
1: You were the chosen one.
2: Yeah, he was. Well, I, don't know, I don't know about chosen one, but he, they, no, nah, I was trashing him all offseason. I get it. It's fantasy karma. It's what I get. I didn't think he was going to be good. I think I had him as like a low end two. And then everybody kept talking about he's going to be this
1: reemergence oh, there in Atlanta. Everyone and, are, you just, are you just, you know, Dennis like, said that Dennis, he wasn't, but I swear
2: he was. I
1: know it wasn't me because I swear I Dennis was in them. on him.
2: I know I brought this up on the podcast last week and just like, I wasn't, I know he was in on him, but no, there's just all kinds of fantasy people. I, I was not in on him. I, I wasn't. And I, I let myself get, you know, I, I, the group think thing happened to me. I kept seeing all these people talking about him like, you know what? They clearly see something I don't. All these people think this. I'm going to go with them. I got suckered. That's what happened. Don't get suckered, guys. All right. Got a game starting in about 30 minutes. Um, obviously, if your game is on the line this week like mine is, I hope that you are able to pull it off. Me and Matt will be back on Thursday to probably talk about some things. We don't have a Thursday night football game. I guess we can recap this game and then talk about whatever we want. But yeah, no Thursday night game kind of sucks. Uh, forgot about that. We can, I don't know. Since you all be with us on Friday, we can talk about some of the more interesting matchups, I guess, in your opinion, and and maybe some, uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We we'll, got time. We'll look
1: at injuries. And-
2: I'm sure there will be more, hopefully no more COVID news before now yeah. and then, but if you guys again, uh, need players to come through for you tonight I hope that happens for you Unless you're playing me I hope they stuck Because I need to win as many games as possible Because uh, my team's are bad Till then We will see you guys on Thursday
0: Prepare for glory I don't know if you got your pop on ready Do you got your popcorn ready I came like the wall while ready And he's hit the end zone For an unbelievable touchdown I would be honored Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me, guys. Oh, they tackle them the 40 yards. Who can make a play? I can Who can make a play? I can't. <laughs>